Well, good day, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of EKN Debrief. It's episode number 92, the, the date today, Tuesday, March the 1st, into the third month of the 2022 season. Uh, my name's Rob Haddon, joined as I will always here on our debriefs by David Cole in the Grand Rapids office. Uh, the event today that we're going to take a deep dive into, a full review of the Challenge of the Americas second weekend, Phoenix Kart Racing, the association, the facility, of course, in Glendale, Arizona. And again, that's the halfway point, essentially, of this year's challenge, rounds three and four going into the books. This week's show presented by CRG Nordam. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. Check out the new CRG KT5 for tag and shifter racing, the Black Mirror for cadet competition, and the FS4 for Briggs. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and, uh, and to inquire about a North American dealer near you. Please email us at info at CRG nordamcom Well, David, let's get underway here. A little, little pause there. Somebody was trying to call me. <laughs> I didn't know if it was. I didn't know if it was the early morning hours after traveling all day yesterday. Oh, that dude, got I, was you up, there. I was up. I was up at four forty-five this morning. I'm rocking and rolling. It's just literally. I'm on my Mac. Somebody calls me. I have my phone shut off, but of course the, the notification comes in the side of my screen. So I lost. Well, that, I that's lost why focus. You, that's why you should be a, a PC guy. You won't have that issue. Hell no. <laughs> not, not happening. Not happening. So, so does that mean like there, I can I can uh, uh, distract you while driving with with phone calls like on well, the I side of the road? Maybe. We'll... I, no, that's not going to happen. That won't work. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, let, this is easy for me. I, you know, I just brew myself a tea. I'm going to put my feet up. I, I, I literally don't have to do anything. I just I'll run. I'll be quarterback this deal. You got to do the heavy lifting here today, bro. You were you were the, you were trackside by yourself out in Phoenix. Well, as we know, we don't want to hear myself talk, so um, <laughs> we'll we'll make it quick and easy. But yeah, if you have questions or concerns or or, or comments, be be sure to bring those about. So I'll be able happy to answer you answer do, them for you. You do fine, David. You do fine, my friend. Uh, well, so I'll, I'll do a little setup here. Um, again, as we said, the opening rounds of the are the second, the third, and fourth rounds. The second weekend of the Challenge of the Americas, the event, of course, being held this past weekend, February twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh. I was in uh, St. Petersburg for the Road to Indy event. Uh, but the Phoenix Kart Racing Association, we talked about the fact uh, in the Outlap Preview podcast, this track has been around for a long time. Really, you know, one of the core uh, core facilities uh, on the West Coast. Uh, round three and four of the six-round championship, as I said. And David, you, just, you can see it by the logo of this year's championship. 15th season of the Challenge of the Americas. This great program starting all the way back in 2008. Yeah, and fifth year with the Rock Cup USA banner began obviously as a Rotex series uh, back in 2008 and ran that way until uh, 2017. And now we're in our fifth year with Rock Cup USA. And again, numbers continue to get bigger uh, or an increase. And uh, you know, unfortunately, we're about too short than uh, what we were in Tucson. But again, still solid numbers across the board when we look at the numbers. Uh, obviously, I followed you from uh, from from St. Pete, uh, watching the social media, watching all the top tens to find out who was winning races. Obviously, very 
uh, kind of into seeing who was going to be able to step up at Phoenix. But what I also saw was like literally picture perfect <laughs> Phoenix weather chamber of commerce for sure. Wow. Well, I don't, I don't think that's normal weather for Phoenix because it was, it was on the comfortable side. Yeah, yeah. it was certainly uh, cooler. You could see your own breath uh, Saturday morning when we got to the racetrack. So, I like that. but it was sunny. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's exactly what you wanted and what didn't get too warm uh, toward at the end of the day. So again, really picture perfect weekend uh, from Friday to Sunday. No, no, no weather issues whatsoever. And again, wasn't hot enough to where you were like, you were searching, you know, the coolness of a fan or air yeah. conditioning. Well, as, and as we do all, always to start off our uh, uh, debrief podcast here, we, we do a little look at by the numbers, kind of give you a, a look at, at the numbers, what was there, what wasn't. Um, we had, David had mentioned just not quite with the numbers at Tucson. 129 uh, was the total number and the end number for Tucson. Just 127 for Phoenix. We always like to see a little bit of a bump, and it's interesting to see that maybe why not. As you look kind of through the numbers, it's pretty easy to find out why not. Uh, Micro Rock gaining one. They go to five. Five drivers in Micro. Uh, Mini Rock David gaining one, 19, so 24, uh, 24 total cadet drivers. Uh, same driver in Junior Rock. A couple of local drivers came out to run Senior. Masters dropped one from nine to eight. Uh, 100cc Junior dropping from 28 to 25, but Senior 100cc, David, from 22 up to 26. Uh, and, and indeed, the 100cc senior class was the biggest category of the weekend. Yeah, jumped over the junior 100cc, which was the largest in Tucson. Uh, but again, only by one, so 25 and 26 for the junior and seniors, respectively. Again, you know, that's that's the popular category right now on the West Coast is 100cc racing. Uh, easier for those mini drivers to make that jump up to junior in the 100cc category. So we're seeing a lot of that. And again, not too many drivers taking the opportunity to do, to race 125cc, both in the junior and senior levels. But uh, again, the drop on the weekend was the Rock Shifter Masters, which was at 17 in Tucson and dropped all the way down to just 10 uh, for Phoenix. So, you know, losing those seven numbers that that uh, kept us from getting above that 130 mark in Phoenix and, and not quite sure, you know, again, you know, people are kind of just picking and choosing races. Yeah, I think that's what it is. We mentioned it in the outlet that the guys from Vazalia racing weren't going to be there. Jimmy McNeil, uh, Nick George, you know, there's, there's obviously, you know, seven guys didn't show up for that master's category that would easily have jammed, jammed it over top of, of 130 and that more, I kind of thought about 135, 140. That was kind of my prediction, leaving Tucson, having had a, had a really good you know, launch to the season. But again, uh, we'll see what happens when we get to the finale at Sonoma. You know, Sonoma's a rock track, so ideally they'll be able to top that 140, 150 mark. Yeah, well, I hope. Um, yeah. You know, again, that's kind of been the battle is getting local drivers. And again, we talk about there's a lot of competitors in, in a lot of carters in Northern California. They have a good, solid club with the Sonoma, you know, Rock Sonoma program. It's just hard to get them to come out and race at the Challenge of the Americas. I'm not quite get. sure. I don't understand <laughs> I, it. I don't you know, it. it's 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 your home race track. Go out. You know, it's you sleep in your own bed. It's you know, you're not putting down a lot of money to go travel somewhere so that you know that's kind of the worry moving forward is is the numbers because again we as we talked about before uh some drivers are opting to it's the last race of the, of the series so if you're not in the championship drivers are going to opt out 
Uh, some other drivers are already opting out of the program because they're focusing on other programs for the summer, which yeah. will be the, the weekend after. So um, a lot again, and it's something we'll talk a little bit more in the paddock pass. But uh, yeah, that's the numbers. You know, I hope we can keep that. That's my hope is we keep around the 120 mark. I've just never understood it because, you know, in the years, my, my first five or six years of, of racing, when I raced aggressively, you know, like 20, 25 times a year when I was, uh, before I'd started Shifter Card Illustrated Magazine, um, anytime a big race came to my track, I was racing it. Like that was like the biggest, it was the highlight of the year. Uh, when, when, when the guys came in, I got a chance to kind of gauge myself against the best drivers in what, what you know, the province of Ontario, because I ran regionally as well. So I loved it. I don't, I don't get it just doesn't make any sense to me. When the Challenge of the Americas comes to Sonoma, I don't understand why every club racer wouldn't be out there to figure it out, to get a chance to run against the best drivers on the West Coast. It just makes zero sense to me because if, you try, if you're trying to get better, the only way to do it is run against people that are better than you. Simple yeah, time. and they're open. the Rock Sonoma race is, is the weekend before March 9th through the 20th, before the Challenge of Americas comes up. So, you, you know, there's going to be a lot of challenge racers that are going to be at the club race alone to try and prepare for the finale. It's it's like you don't really have to change much. You you have your setup, you go and you race. So uh, that's it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yes, and you, yeah. You, there's no complaint. There's no excuse that you don't have track knowledge, right? It's not like you've never been there before. Oh, they tested there for years, or they tested there for so many days. No, you know the racetrack. Get out there and lay a smackdown on some of these big dogs. That's that's the key. Yeah, be be like a local, like a Griffin Dollar, who's got tons of laps at uh, at at the Phoenix Kart Racing Association. Comes down from Canada and spends the winters down there. He showed up Saturday morning and decided to race the Senior Hundred CC class. No oh, practice on Friday. And then was mid pack all, all race long. <laughs> I always I always look at the world of outlaws, right? The world of outlaws sprint cars. They they barnstorm around the country, seventy or whatever races a, a year, running you know Tuesday, Wednesdays, whatever. Anywhere, any anytime they go to a track, I always love seeing the local track champion or whatever, right? Step in and try to make the A main because he's running against the big dogs with, with that spend a lot of money. But you man, you're the track champion. You do it. You get out there and you you go against the the big guys. So that's again, that's just, that's just my jam. I love that stuff. And and again, there's that's that's the crazy part about our sport. See that there, there's a lot of money invested in in a lot of setups and a lot of uh, you know engine tuning yeah, and yeah. and knowing the tires, knowing the shocks, knowing all that. Karting, it's you get out there and you just make laps. I mean, that's if true. if you don't, if you can't figure out a racetrack in in four or five practice sessions, then <laughs> you you need an Alan Rudolph Racing Academy school. I agree with that 100%. All right, folks, we're going to cut it to our quick first break here. When we get back, David, you know, lots to talk about in the paddock pass. We'll jump into that before we go to the race report after this break. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and drive services, kart preparation, and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio, and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, 
choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. History. Success. Family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Kart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. The engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to a new edition of the Debrief Podcast. As we take a deep dive into one of our ECAN Trackside Live events, this kind of wraps things up for us. David, of course, was out at the Challenge of the Americas event at Phoenix this past weekend. So we'll uh, work our way through the race report uh, in a little while. First off, the paddock pass, though, all the stuff that happened away from the racetrack. And again, this edition of the Paddock Pass presented by Trinity Karting Group. Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their backyard and a controlled environment to develop your skills. Trinity Karting Group flattens out the steep learning curve with a professional staff that will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels, including the Supercarts USA Pro Tour and United States Pro Card Series. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest source for Cart Republic chassis and IME engines. Visit them at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. All right, David, jump into the paddock pass. I was honestly waiting for you to call me right when I was doing that. <laughs> I figured I was going to see the notification. Coming no, in. no, no, yeah. no, no. I'll be... That would have been solid. I would have respected that, actually. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I want that. <laughs> You're at a loss for words. I love that. I That's am. Good. All right. It's. I told you it's early in the morning, man. I'm. I'm still waking it's up. 10:19. What are you talking? I know, about? but I. I got the kids. I get up at. I get up early, and I get to get the kids ready, and it's just a chaos. It's. All it's, right. You know, I get it. I get 100. Get it. I have no kids, so there's no chaos yeah. here. I yeah. You. You. Yeah. You roll out of bed and and get on the laptop. That's it. Uh, all right. So <laughs> no, it's like I said, I was. Dude, I was. I was out going for a walk this morning at five o'clock. Felt good. It was awesome. Cold outside. Yeah, it's chilly. It was. It, it wasn't Florida. I guarantee you that it was not Florida. Uh, all right. So, listen. You were trackside, you know, and obviously great. Always a great atmosphere at the challenge. What did you pick up? But what's the paddock pass? What was going on in the paddock? What was going on? Give me, give me the over, over, overall on the weekend. Well, the first, the big thing was was the racetrack itself uh, received uh, a new covering, new coating, new sealant. Uh, on the surface, uh, August 2021, so roughly six months ago, and so this is new. This was new to the challenge. You know, we've we've seen the the pavement there be uh, the same pavement. I want to say it was 2012 was what I was told when the la- when the track was last repaved. Okay. So this was just a new sealant. Um, 
it was different. It's not, it's not that grippy, you know, rip your shoes off type of sealant. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a pretty good sealant and everybody was really comfortable with it. Uh, and it certainly had the grip level because the lap times were certainly quicker, uh, anywhere between seven tenths and a full second quicker wow. than 2021. So wow. that was uh, a unique aspect to, to the weekend, because again, everybody's learning how the track is going to change, how it reacts. And especially with the grippier tires that the club racers don't utilize, uh, you know, how they were able to transition, uh, you know, with the grip level. Indeed. Wow. That's, uh, I, 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 in my, but the first thing my mind went to was I want to find out which sealant they used because, you know, so many tracks around the country want to use a sealant. And if it, Correct. If, if it wasn't a crazy amount of grip, really provided some good racing. That's a, we need to get that, uh, that yeah. information sent out to all the other tracks too. And then now to see how long that sealant will last, because True. we know Cal speed, they also use a sealant as well. And, and you can see it kind of get away. There's there, you could see the racing line was, it was browning up. So, you know, it's kind of, it, you know, the grippier tires, I think help pull it up a little bit. So we'll see how long this sealant lasts before it starts to deteriorate yep. or, you know, maybe the weather when it starts to get 120 degrees out there and starts melting it away. True enough. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. True enough. What else you got going in the paddock pass? Again, just kind of following because, again, the Challenge in America is one of really the only programs, at least nationally, that has a uh, two engine platform with 100 cc racing and we're still kind of following that up. Uh, going from Tucson to to Phoenix, we saw in Tucson, um, you know, juniors are 100 percent with the VLR engine. Uh, so no KAs in that category where senior and masters are kind of half and half. Uh, we saw 40 percent with the VLR in senior and then 55 in the masters category with the VLR engine. So those are kind of numbers we're looking at between those two categories, at least in Phoenix or in Tucson. We saw three of the wins by KA and then one win by VL. A little mix there. But again, overall in Phoenix, it was really competitive between the two engine uh, platforms. The way that, you know, 10, 10 pound less for a VLR in both senior and masters. So it seemed like it's still a kind of a good mix between those two engines. But again, you still have to have a good driver, still have to have a good cart. So That's it's not right, all, yeah. again, it's not all engine. So, um, a little bit of, you know, it kind of, you can't really judge everything by what you see because of all the different factors that go into, you know, putting in a victory at, uh, at especially at a challenge event like this. You know, Dave, when we talk about the, the, the paddock pass, it's all kind of like what the atmosphere is about, what's going on, cool stories. Before I, before you and I started here, you know, I asked to ask you, you know, as I always would, hey, I wasn't there, How, you know, what was overall the overall feel? And one of the things you said to me was, man, it just seems like, People are already maybe a little bit burnt out already. It's been it's been a it's been a really intense start to the season. First two months. Well, I think that kind of carries over from the end of 2021 because again, Super Nationals was in December, so that doesn't allow for a lot of regrouping, refreshing. You know, an off season. So that's kind of been a big factor. You see, mostly with the the race teams themselves and the mechanics who are you know traveling nonstop going back and forth you got Scusa Winter Series you got Florida Winter Tour then you got Challenge in the Americas and now next this coming weekend you got USPKS yeah. so you're looking at boom boom four weekends in a row for 
a handful of teams, but a lot of the mechanics and, and other people who are bouncing around, even a few staff members here and there. But it just seems that we're just packing in a lot of racing between January and March. And hopefully, you know, as as the schedule looks to be maybe possibly moving Super Nationals back to November, it'll help yeah, at the end of this year where everybody can kind of take a, a, re, a regroup month of December, refresh and kind of re rejuvenate themselves for what will be probably another busy 2023. Well, it's interesting, David, and that's, it's a good, it's a good point, right? Normally the super nationals is the week before Thanksgiving. This time it was the week after Thanksgiving. So there's that two week, that's a two week run, right? In fact, no, it was, yeah. it, was, it was three weeks after, after I think it was because there was another weekend, I believe. So you're looking at a lot of time between the end of the season and that little gap that everybody kind of takes some time off over Thanksgiving or whatever it may be before we start up again in January. So no, I, I, I agree. It's not, doesn't surprise me. And it's not the first time we've heard this. Like literally I've been hearing this to be honest, probably for about six, seven, eight, nine years that it's been, the off season has been crazy. And it's just, there's just so much racing going in. Everybody's doing the winter series. You know, there's three different winter series. And then with USPKS starting in, uh, in, in March itself as well. And that, that, that run at the end of, end of February to through March is just hectic. It is. And, you know, USPKS doesn't need to start in March. I think that's one of the factors. I think they, they want to because everybody's already down there in They're Florida, there. which yeah. I guess is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because it's it's just kind of putting more and more stress on the race teams and the cart shops and the engine, you know, how the engine guys are just working nonstop. You know, every time we see Mark Dismore, he's just literally just for going from shop to to racetrack shop to yeah. racetrack and yeah. and so it kind of it adds up you know thankfully right now we're the sports in a good position so that's a good positive thing that we have a lot of these races but again it's just you know everybody's trying to do it all and i think it's it's eventually gonna you know catch up you know something something's gonna give i don't know what will be but uh you know again i i i'd like to see you know but again the schedule is kind of mixed up now with with pro tour starting in April, not starting in March and USBKS now in March and not starting in April and just a lot going on. And, you know, I think May is about the, really the only month right now that we do have really nothing going on nationally. You have some regionals going on, but uh, I think May is going to be a good kind of recharge month for, for not only uh, competitors, but also for the race teams and, and the, and, and everybody else involved with the sport. Speaking of setting the reset button, we'll do exactly the same thing. Quick break in the action, folks. When we get back, it's time to jump into the race report. David will give us his full overview of Rock Shifter, Rock Shifter Masters, and then we'll just roll our way through all the categories that were part of this year, this past weekend's Challenge of the Americas event. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is, for 2022 and beyond, the path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program. As a stepping stone onto the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires, Anderson Promotions will debut a new series next season that will provide the ultimate opportunity for driver development for karting's career-minded racers. The new USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship. The champion will win a scholarship worth over $200,000 and the total prize fund will exceed 325 grand. Next year, the series will utilize the current HPD-powered Lige JS chassis 
and a brand new car with a Halo-type device will be introduced in 2023. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Welcome back to episode 92 of the EKN Debrief as uh, myself, Rob Howden, and David Cole diving into the third and fourth rounds of the Challenge of the Americas, which took place at the end of February uh, out at Phoenix uh, Kart Racing Association in Glendale. Uh, jumping now into the race report as we'll work our way through all the categories and let you know uh, who was able to find success. This race report presented by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-7223. All right, David, jumping into the race report right now. Uh, we'll start with Rock Shifter, and here's your headline. GFC continues streak with Gulick and Pickett. That's exactly what they did. It was a GFC show at the front of the field in Rock Shifter category. On Saturday, it was Hunter Pickett picking up the fast time in qualifying, but Gulick was able to pull out the whole shot in the prefinal along with the main event and essentially put himself on top of the podium with whole shot victory. Uh, Gulick just able to just drive away with a two-second advantage in the main event to pick up his first career victory at Challenge in Americas in this category. Uh, so Pickett was there in second, so giving GFC a 1-2 finish on Saturday. But really, the show was Hannah Greenmeyer coming up from the back of the field. She started in the 19th position after a prefinal incident took her out on the opening lap. Uh, she was able to drive her way up into the top five, and then on literally last lap, last corner, was able to make a great move on Micah Hendricks, kind of catch caught him, caught him off guard going into the last corner and able to steal that third spot to land on the podium for her first in the rock shifter category. Wow, nice, good, uh, so good that, for her. That's all, yeah. That's so solid. that moved, 
That moved Micah Hendricks to the four spot and Kewan Tandon in fifth. Uh, and just, well, just to bring it in here as well, one of the things obviously kind of opens things up in the championship is Kyle Wick, who had dominated the action at, at uh, Tucson. You get a couple of race wins, not dominated, but but won both main events at Tucson. Uh, did not run, did not run in Phoenix, which opens the door for Pickett and Gulick to battle for the championship. And uh, and again, I'm sure both those drivers had that on their mind, David. Good good for Greenmeyer, of course, to be able to come from the tail. Uh, and again, as you mentioned, Micah Hendricks in fourth. We mentioned that we figured Mike would be strong at his local track. And good to see Keon Tandon back into the uh, the action as well. Uh, looks like Gulick kind of picked up where he left off on Sunday morning. Exactly that. Gulick was the driver to beat Sunday, setting fast time and earning the pre-final win. Uh, the whole shot again, uh, that just kind of decided the race both days and on Saturday or Sunday, it was actually Pickett that was able to get off the line a little bit better than Gulick talked to him after the race. And he said they actually, uh, they changed a couple of discs in the clutch and didn't get the good enough practice start to really get off the line when the race went green. So unfortunately that was the winning move for Pickett as the two were pretty evenly matched. And again, shifter category for some reason, a little bit harder to pass uh, at the Phoenix Kart Racing Association. So Pickett was uh, able to go on and lead all 20 laps for his first victory of the 2022 season ahead of Gulick. Kiriakis Sukis was able to hold off a, a pack of drivers uh, behind him to finish third. So his uh, his first podium in the shifter category, uh, he was able to hold off Ron White, veteran Ron White, and uh, Hannah Greenmeyer in the fifth position. Nice, solid stuff. Fast time was a 44.519 for Gulick ends up finishing second. But David, all in all, I'm sure when we sit down and look at the points, that, that's a really solid uh, weekend for Gulick to try to fight himself back up into picket, right? Top points in the pre-final and the main on Saturday gets the qualifying bonus and the pre-final and the fast time bonus plus P2 in points. This is going to be a good battle for the championship when we head to Sonoma. Yeah, essentially Gulick scored the most points on the weekend in the category, so he will be one of the uh, the front runners for the championship going into Sonoma. Speaking of a good championship fight, let's move to Rock Shifter Masters, and here's your headline. Quiella and Woods resume title fight with wins. Exactly that. Saturday back at his home racetrack, uh, more comfortable than I think he was in Tucson. Uh, Coella was able to earn a sweep on Saturday, put in a pretty dominant performance, uh, earning fast time and qualifying and winning the prefinal. Really, the final was decided in turn number three. A little bit of contact between uh, Kevin Woods and Bud uh, Grossenbacher. Uh, essentially gave Coella a large lead as they both went off track and out of the race in turn number three on the opening lap. So that allowed Coella to drive away to a 12-second advantage uh, ahead of Nick Firestone and Alan Morte, who was able to score his first podium uh, in the Rock Shifter Masters category. Go back to the, go back to the preview. What did I say about Alan Morte? I, I, I knew he'd be in the fight. I was right. Um, Douglas Brandt and Brad Weiss rounding out the top five, but David, I think let's talk about the ramifications of the, of the incident with uh, Woods and Grossenbacher, um, in the main event on Saturday. That, that, that's his second DNF. If I'm not, if I'm not correct for Woods. Yes. Second yeah. DNF. So, uh, certainly did not, uh, was not a pleasant Saturday evening, uh, in the Ron, Ron White racing tent. Uh, and well, again, as champions do, you know, you dig in, you get your mental focus back. Uh, he came out of the gate pretty strongly. I see that Coela was able to get the qual the qualifying pole, but Woods came back strong in the pre-final. 
It was whole shot. Yeah, that's essentially what it, again, shifter carts, it's all about the whole shot. And Coelho was, wasn't quite able to get off the line as solid as he was on Saturday in the pre-final. So Woods was able to jump ahead and score the pre-final victory. And then again in the, pre, in the main event, Coelho actually fell back to fifth by the opening corner, just, just not able to launch as solidly as he did on Saturday. So that essentially gave Woods the lead from the get-go. And, and while Woods was out front, his pace just wasn't quite there. And so that allowed Coelho, along with Alan Morte, who's right on uh, Cliff's bumper, was able to run him down, but essentially kind of ran out of laps once they got to Kevin Woods as Woods was able to lead all 20 laps for his first victory of 2022. A couple of CRGs in the podium as well, Dave. Yeah, Woods with the CRG on the top of the on the top step, and then Morte picking up a second podium for himself. Firestone ends up finishing in the fourth spot, so a couple of top fives for Nick. Bud Grossenbacher coming back after the contact with Woods on Saturday to finish up in the fifth spot, driving the Zanardi. Fast time, though, went to Jonathan Vitolo. We saw him being pretty impressive in Tucson. 45.141, but uh, a little pushback. Was that was the issue for him or or just on track? No, on track uh, contact penalty. I believe it was with Bud Grossenbacher. So okay. uh, uh, actually, Vitola finished fourth on the racetrack, but was penalized and dropped down to the sixth position. There you have it. Championship battles uh, heating up in both Rock Shifter and Rock Shifter Masters. Looking forward to the finale in Sonoma to see who comes away with the championships. We'll head to another break. We get back. Jump back into the race report presented by the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. We'll go 100cc, senior 100cc, and junior 100cc up next. 2019 marked a new era for the Cartlift brand. The company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since 2003, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business, Stockholm Karting Center, in October of 2019. Stockholm Karting Center Inc. has added the Cartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past 25 years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone, or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper, push the button, and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country, or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-777-8020. Get a cart lift and leave your crew at home. Technology, design, and manufacturing. These components make Cart Republic a world champion. Cart Republic chassis has earned two FIA World Karting Championships. Here in the U.S., the brand has earned multiple victories and championships in senior, junior, and cadet competition. Kartsport North America is the country's importer and distributor for Dino Chiesa's Cart Republic chassis, 
and as a leader in American karting, they are focused on providing stability for the sport and quality products and service for the community. Whether you'd like to find out about the Kart Republic dealer closer to you or schedule an arrive and drive package with an official North American race team, contact Kart Sport North America through their official website, www.kartsportna.com. We are Republic. We are one. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network and a new edition of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast that caps off our EKN trackside live coverage. Uh, Senior 100cc, let's jump into that right now, the race report. And here's the headline, Hodgson steals in double win weekend. Exactly that. You know, the the British driver who is now living in Phoenix uh, has a new home track, and that's the PKRA facility. And he certainly was able to defend that on the weekend. Opening up Saturday with a perfect sweep, uh, had a bit of a challenge from Jacob Drew, our double winner in Tucson, but Hodgson proved to be a little bit stronger in the main event and lead the majority of the race laps to score a victory by 0.7 seconds. It was actually his second victory in the United States, if you recall, and you called this back in 2013. Oliver was able to win the Senior Max Championship at the Rotax Grand Finals in NOLA Motorsports Park. Wow. All right. <laughs> Bring that one back. Good for you, Dave. That's awesome. Uh, Jake Drew, as Dave said, said, finishing second on Saturday. Kiriako Sukas doing the double duty again, 100cc senior and shifter. So he ends up P3. Liam Lech in the four spot and Cole Schroeder continuing his pace for the uh, up front uh, in P5. Uh, Drew was the fast driver, 47.451. And these fast laps that he got in both Saturday and Sunday are going to play into him being, I think, in a really good place to win this championship when we get to Sonoma. Yeah, because you look at it, Hodgson was not in Tucson. So essentially, Drew was P1 in the championship chase on Saturday. And kind of the same thing on Sunday. Uh, Oliver just kind of had a little bit more in qualifying in the pre-final. But the main event was an absolute awesome race between those two drivers. Lap number two, Jacob Drew was already going in defense mode on Oliver Hodgson. It was just, it was really a great, it was a great game of chess between the two drivers. Um, you know, uh, kind of just going back and forth and Hodgson on the comp cart, Drew on the GFC. The two were just, you know, it looked like they had, you know, the same speed, but they were almost like two or three tenths quicker than everybody else. So even though they were going back and forth, lap after lap, defensive move, defensive move here, it was just, uh, you know, the two certainly had the pace to uh, to be above uh, the rest of the field. So nice. um, in the end, though, Hodgson was able to secure the lead by the last lap and was able to hold off Drew and reach the checkered flag first for his second victory on the weekend. So they only changed it up, but all the same drivers in the top five. This time, Sukas, uh, no, was it, was it exactly? No, this time, Sukas was still P3. He was on the podium Correct. again. It was Schroeder jumping over Liam Lech for fourth. So Schroeder fourth, Lech fifth, same drivers in the top five. And again, uh, in the end, they have a, a full sweep of the action for Hodgson, right? On the on-track checker flags. Drew got both fast laps each day to get some points, but Hodgson really, uh, I guess he was the first of the flag in all, all six sessions. Exactly. And nice. for Sukas a third third place finish on the weekend you know picking up two in yeah. senior 100 cc and another in rock shifter so a really solid weekend for him 
Obviously, uh, uh, you got Jake Drew now really in the position. He only needs one more really solid day to get to, to get the championship. And in fact, with what you said, like two seconds and two wins, pretty much locked up right now for Jake Drew. But he'll head to Sonoma to cap things off there. Let's head to the 100cc junior category. And here's the headline: Vasquez and Cameron add to winners list for 2022. This is the only category we we have four different winners over the four different rounds that we've had. So again, Junior Hundred CC providing that uh, diversity when it comes to victories once again. Because if I recall correctly, uh, in twenty twenty one we had six different winners at six different rounds. So hopefully we'll uh, kind of continue that trend when we get into Sonoma. Yeah. But- but right. first in Phoenix, it was uh, Jesus Vasquez Jr. that was the top driver on Saturday. Christian Cameron was able to set fast time in qualifying, but Vasquez came out uh, with the pre-final win and led, the, led 19 of the 20 laps for a strong victory in the main event, driving away to nearly a three-second advantage. Uh, Steven Isert was in the second spot ahead of Cameron with uh, local driver or Phoenix driver Cooper Eau Claire in fourth and Alexander Gonzalez around one winner one, in yep. the fifth position. Uh, what happened to round two winner Preston Lambert, David? I, I see that he's got the fast lap of 47.234. Where did he end up on the day? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, let me double check the results here. I think something happened in the pre-main to kind of put him at the eight ball, but he ended up finishing 12th with fast lap of the race. Again, that's the one thing about this junior hundred CC category. You got probably what 15 drivers that were all within two tenths of each other. Wow. On, on the fast lap. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty solid. Yeah, oh yeah. Is. You mean that's it's all 47 threes, 47 twos, 47 fours, wow. all in the top 15, man. Okay. That's, that's some serious stuff right there. Uh, Sunday Cameron comes out of the gate, his second consecutive, uh, pole position on the weekend. Uh, Cooper O'Claire, though, David stepping up to win the pre-final. What happened in that that deal? Give me the give me the give me the yeah. Uh, give me the dit the deets. It was actually Vasquez that was in position to take the win until Steven Isert came through a little bit of contact through what I believe was the turn eight hairpin leading on to the long straightaway. Mm-hmm. So Isert was actually the driver to cross the line first, but given a penalty. So that dropped him down to 14th with Vasquez finishing in the 10th position putting uh, Cooper Eau Claire on the pole position for the main event that set up for a four driver battle in the main event that included Eau Claire, Cameron, along with Preston Lambert and Tristan Young. Uh, really the only two drivers that led were Eau Claire and Cameron. They kind of went back and forth here and there with both Lambert and Young kind of just waiting, looking for the right opportunity to come through. Nothing really ever did for those two drivers as it was Cameron that was able to make a last lap move over Eau Claire to secure the victory. Preston Lambert was able to come through with the second spot, so that dropped Eau Claire down to third on the podium with Tristan Young sitting right there in fourth. And then AC Chartier was the fifth position. Steven Eiser with the fast lap of the race of 47.209. This championship We're very exciting as well. As David said, four different winners and four races for Junior 100 CC. We'll see if we can match what happened last year and go six for six once we get to Sonoma. But otherwise, this Junior 100 CC category has been a ton of fun to watch. Stay with us, folks. When we get back, it'll be uh, Masters 100 CC and Masters Rock. And then we'll do a quick little Junior Rock and Senior Rock update as well. Rolling our way through this edition of the EKN Debrief. 
Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Spec Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. And the all-new IgniteKarting.com website provides you with the information you need to fuel your passion for kart racing. Ignite Karting is a spec kart that features the Margay Racing chassis with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the Junior, Senior, and Masters classes utilize the same Ignite K3 kart, which puts all the emphasis squarely on the driver. You can race the Ignite package from Margay at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2021 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Quincy Grand Prix, and Newcastle Motorsports Park. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regional-based Ignite Challenge Series at tracks in Iowa, Missouri, Indiana, and Illinois. Local club programs have been established in Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, and Florida. All the information that you're looking for on events throughout the country and on all the Ignite car packages, including dealers in your area, is available at IgniteKarting.com. Get off the couch and on the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Welcome back to our Race Report podcast here on the ECAN Radio Network of the Challenge of the Americas event in Phoenix, Arizona. Rounds three and four of the Challenge. And we are working our way through the race report, which is brought to you by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. 100cc Masters, David. Here's your headline. Kunches extends streak to four with zero to hero runs. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I want to hear what happened. Let's go. Well, that and that's just exactly it. When you start last or get dropped down to last in the main event on the opening laps, and drive your way to the to the front and take the victories. You go from zero to hero, and that's like exactly it. what uh, Ian Kunches did. It was a great battle all weekend long in this category. Again, a number of different drivers in the hunt all weekend long. Brett Harrelson setting fast time and qualifying with David Gande winning the prefinal. It was in the prefinal that Kunches was sitting there in the lead pack. I want to say he was third behind either Newberry. Or or Mike Weatherman, where they came out of the hairpin turn eight and he dropped a wheel and it spun him around. And I can tell you, I've done that multiple times. It's, <laughs> it's pretty easy to do. All right. And so uh, so that put him at the tail of the the uh, 10 driver field. And essentially, you know, again, starting starting shotgun on the field, had the opportunity to kind of get through some of the drivers early in the opening lap and put himself right into the lead group. 
And that's something about this lead group, a lot of racing, a lot of passing, nobody sitting still and keeping uh, in line during this main event. So really, it was just kind of watching Ian Kunchez go up through the field and eventually was able to go up to the lead and then score the victory for his third straight on the year. It sounds like an old-fashioned cadet race when the guys won't line up and pull away and they just let everybody else close up on them. That's exactly, you know, these, again, different engines too. So you got, you know, got the VLR and the KA lots, you know, some better on the straightaway, some better coming out of the corners. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the, the fun part of this category. And then these old guys, yeah, they just don't want to stay in line. <laughs> I love it. So Kunches uh, makes it happen again. Newberry second, Harrelson third, David Pergandi and Mike Weatherman, David rounding up the top five. Yeah, again, whether uh, Newberry picking up his first podium, so it's great to see that. And uh, and Harrelson, it looked like he was he was the quickest driver. It just kind of just didn't work out for him. Pergande led a little bit too, as well, and just wasn't his uh, his uh, opportunity. It just it looked like he was kind of a little bit more timid, but that changed on Sunday. <laughs> now I also saw on social media Mike Weatherman said he was actually third across the line, yes. third, but had a pushback bumper. Yeah, so he was uh, he crossed the line in third, and again it was great racing. This is one of those instances where you know he got his bumper hooked on another bumper, and it, it and it pushed it back. It wasn't like it was contact that was deemed a penalty, but again, when you get the pushback bumper to uh, to be pushed, uh, it's it's unfortunate that he lost the podium position because of that. Uh, Kuncha's not able to complete that speed that he had in the fast time in the main as it was Preston Newberry, David, who actually put the car on the pole on Sunday morning. Yeah, Newberry came out looking uh, looking pretty quick. Uh, but again, Kuncha's was able to score the pre-final win. Uh, things got going right away. Uh, as you know, when we start uh, races at the Phoenix Kart Racing Association, we actually use the long back straightaway heading into turn number 10, Daytona yeah. is what they call it, as the opening corner, which sets up into a left-hand hairpin turn 11. A little bit of contact with drivers trying to uh, to get ahead of Ian Kunches quickly. Uh, I want to say it was either Newberry or Weatherman, but the, all three of them were involved in, in contact through that, that turn 11. So that kind of opened up the door for Pergande to come through and take the lead. That contact, though, however, dropped Kunches to the tail of the field once again. <laughs> no. uh, so really, it was watching him get get up and get back up into the lead group quickly, as he did on Saturday. So essentially did the same thing on Sunday, because, again, drivers won't stay in line. We have a lot of uh, uh, racy drivers up there looking to uh, to to kind of take the lead. Pergande led a majority of the race, but then they they kind of got shuffled up. But Pergande did make some good moves to get back up into lead with some some solid passes in turn three. So something that we didn't see on Saturday, he stepped up his game on Sunday. Unfortunately, Kunches was just a little bit better than everybody else and uh, was able to climb back up into the lead. Actually fell back to six once he got up to second at one point, but then climbed his way back up into the lead and was able to score the victory once again. Another win for Kunches in uh, Forward Direction Motorsports. He's got four wins, so obviously looking for a, a, a lock on the championship when we get to Sonoma. Uh, David, let's look at the Masters Rock. Uh, speaking of lock on the championship, here it is. Uh, the headline, streak continues for three-time defending champion. Derek Wang is just putting a beat down on the Masters Rock division. The three-time defending champion was able to pull off another weekend sweep, earning... Um, I wasn't perfect 
perfect score, but earning a sweep both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday was a bit of a, of a race. He was challenged a majority of the day by Christopher Mann. Unfortunately, Mann got a bad start uh, in the main event, was able to close back up, but wasn't close enough to try and make a move on on the defending champion. So Derek Wang was able to pick up his third victory of the season by just four tenths of a second over Christopher Mann aboard the Cosmic. Uh, Billy Cleveland ended up finishing in the third position, uh, David Pergande in fourth, and then Mike Giles in the fifth position. And you said, man, with the fast lap of the race of 46.677, breaking that complete sweep for Wang. But Derek would come back again, David, on Sunday, qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final, and, and runs away to a 3.3-second win. Yeah, broke up the perfect score on Saturdays. He had the sweep, just not the perfect score. But Wang was able to do the perfect score on Sunday with uh, maximum points on the day. Uh I don't know if he just found a little bit more speed or what, but I mean, he was three tenths quicker in the yeah. main event on Sunday than man was on Saturday. So just a little bit more than everybody else had and was able to pull away to a 3.3 second lead uh, by the end of the 20 lap race. Man ends up in second. Billy Cleveland comes home third. Uh, Ed Quinn working his way up into the top five for the first time on the weekend. Quinn finishes fourth and Samuel Porter on the TV cart rounding out the top five. Yeah, it, it was it was uh it was an up and down weekend for Quinn. Okay. He actually had the pace to be on the podiums and on Saturday was actually quicker than Billy Cleveland. Unfortunately, he had a clutch literally blow up on Saturday, which ended uh, his race that day. Uh, so just didn't quite have the speed. It looked like, you know, Wang, man, and Cleveland kind of picked up the pace and, and Quinn wasn't able to keep up, but still a solid fourth place for him in his, uh, 2022 debut. David, you know, in, in the, all of our previews and everything we've talked about through Tucson and now, we, you know, we've, we've gone into the fact that the hundred CC tag categories just aren't being super, uh, supported on the West coast. And of course, same goes here for the challenge of the rock junior and rock senior categories. Uh, one driver in, in rock junior who was up, who was at, uh, uh, Tucson as well. Two of the local drivers coming out to run in senior here this particular weekend. I'll give you the headline. You kind of wrap it up for us. Young and Bowers double in Phoenix. Yeah, Tristan Young was the lone uh, junior rock driver. So very, as you said, similar to Tucson was out there. Uh, didn't didn't race to the prefinal, but came out and made some laps in the main event to uh, to secure again the top position in that category. In senior rock, we had two drivers that were local to the PKRA facility: uh, Carson Bowers and Jonathan Newdorf were the two drivers in that category. It was Bowers that picked up. Uh, the sweep on the weekend, winning Saturday by 8.6 seconds, and then again on Sunday by 9 seconds over Newdorf. So that wraps up that particular segment, folks. When we get back, let's cap off the race report with a look at Mini Rock and Micro Rock. Stay tuned. More to come. Wins in the sport's biggest races and championships in national and regional series all over the country, they're all on Nitro Kart's growing resume. Nitro Kart continues to make its statement as the best, fastest and winningest cadet chassis on the American market. In 2021, Nitro Kart won the three biggest crowns in America in the Microsoft division with Mateo, Rosu in the Scusa Pro Tour and both the Super Nationals and the USPKS titles with Keelan Harvick. At the Super Nats alone, three of the top five drivers on the podium got there on a Nitro Kart. The results are clear. If you want to win in cadet, get a Nitro Kart and join our team. At Nitro Kart, we're all about driver development. Nick Tucker and the Nitro Crew's racing resumes are extensive, and their passion for helping our kids learn is unparalleled. 
Racing is about consistent learning, and that's what we're all about here at Nitro Kart. Never wanting to quit, we've continued to extend the reach of our driver development program. In addition to expanding into the junior and senior karting categories, we've also launched Nitro Motorsports, which will field two cars this season in the Trans Am by Pirelli series, one being piloted by karting champion Brent Cruz. Not only can we develop your young driver, but we can also provide the platform if a move to cars is in your plan. And our second seat is available. If you're serious about your driver's career, contact us today. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIKFIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro de Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. Welcome back to this episode of the EKN Debrief, the Challenge of the Americas Race Report podcast. Uh, Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, the sponsor of our race report. David Cole giving us his full uh, report, having been trackside in Phoenix throughout the weekend, February 25th, 26th, 27th. Uh, a total of, what we say, 27 drivers, I think, in the cadet categories uh, on track together, racing together, scored separately. Let's talk about Mini Rock, David. Here's the headline. Woon and Corn win again. Exactly that. What we saw in Tucson, we essentially saw in Phoenix, except opposite days than what we saw in Tucson. So on Saturday, it was Ashton Moon picking up the victory. Uh, it looked to be it was going to be Gage Corn. We saw him win Saturday in Tucson and set the pace early throughout the Phoenix weekend. Uh, but it was a great battle uh, for the main event. It included, it included Ashton Moon, Gage Corn. And Kyle Drysdale, Kyle Drysdale was actually coming up from, I want to say, the seventh position to put himself in position to try and battle for the victory. Uh, but Woon ended up being just in the right place at the right time and was able to take away the win on the last lap and score his second victory on the year, winning by seven tenths of a second over Kyle Drysdale. Corn ended up finishing in the third spot. Nico Serfati was able to finish fourth, his best finish on the year thus far, ahead of Matteo Quinto. Quinto, of course, I think was the point leader coming out of Tucson in the mini rock category, so he's right in the fight. You mentioned that mm -hmm. Woon had the fast lap of the race. What, uh, what about Sunday, David? I see that uh, Gage Corn qualifies on pole and wins the pre-final, but got a couple of asterisks beside his name here for the race win. 
Uh, yeah, because the margin of yeah the margin of victory wasn't the uh, what we see there, so that's kind of why I put that in the script. But uh, the day belonged to to Gage Corn, essentially going wire to wire the entire day. Um, Woon had the pace to kind of be there, but was unable to really kind of put on a challenge. Uh, so he Woon ended up crossing the line second behind Gage Corn, but Woon was disqualified for width. So that Ooh, essentially okay. is taking Ashton Woon now out of the championship with disqualification despite his two victories. So technical uh, DQ. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, the margin of victory was grown, was increased to seven seconds as Killian Harris was able to out outgun uh, Kyle Drysdale uh, for the second position, but put two ruthless carding drivers on the podium alongside Gage Corn. Quinto with another top five finish, finishing in the fourth position with Braylon Underwood in the fifth spot. Solid day for Gage Corn. Got the fast lap of the race as well. Well done there. Uh, really, David, all, all told, the only the only race he didn't win at the line was the final on Saturday, right? He was qualified pole, won both pre-finals, won the main event on Sunday. Pretty solid weekend. Yeah, certainly it's going to help put him in the championship hunt. Obviously, he had that DNF in Tucson on Sunday. So uh, three podium finishes, including two wins, certainly is going to help him going into Sonoma for the championship. Corn on the race factory as well, along with Braden Underwood. So they put a couple of those drivers in the top five. David, let's go to Micro Rock. And the driver we watched should be so impressive in Tucson, kept it rolling. Uh, Hodge remains dominant in Micro. Yeah, certainly kept it going in Phoenix with another uh, perfect weekend in the Micro Rock division. Again, on Saturday, Micro Rock ran uh, all, all, all day long with the mini category and Hodge was just super quick, uh, all day long. I'm trying to find out where he finished, uh, overall, my internet's kind of bogging right now. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so Hodge was able to drive away to a 27 second, uh, margin of victory, finishing eighth overall in the race group, uh, with Luca Papascu in the second position ahead of Julian Sanchez to round out the podium. Uh, Paxton Romero on the comp cart and then Cam Becker uh, joined in for their first starts at the challenge, finishing fourth and fifth. Another full day sweep for uh, Case and Hodge wins the qualifying poll, qual- uh, wins the pre-final, wins the main event, this time 16.4 seconds as Julian Sanchez taking second, David, on Sunday. Yeah, Sanchez was actually second in Saturday until he was racing with some of the mini drivers and a little bit of contact dropped him down the order. So that dropped him to third on Saturday, was able to hold off Papaskew for the second spot on Sunday. And they actually ran the micros by themselves in the main event on Sunday. So uh, we're able to give them as as a separate race or did they split start them? No, as a separate race. Okay, copy. Good. Yep. So just just the main event ran the main or the prefinal with the mini class Ah. and then ran a main event solo uh with just those five drivers not bad uh so hodge sanchez papaskew becker and romero was the podium the top five drivers in that particular category all right folks one last break and we get back we'll wrap things up david will have a look at the constructor championship and we'll let you know where we're going to be over the month of march stay tuned we'll cap off this edition of the debrief after this break Motor mounts are critical to producing 100% of the power your engine has to get you on the podium each and every time. Odenthal Racing Products provide the best motor mounts in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, 
providing products with unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Our newest product is the Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines, available in 0, 5, and 8 degree angles, providing a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a medium with fins underneath to help dissipate heat off the engine. Our four-cycle EZ set is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability, depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, ORP wedge clamps get the job done, featuring a number of updates to its design for a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro sizes. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs and Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs and Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back as we cap off episode 92, closing on that uh, magic number 100. Episode 92 of the EKN Debrief, David Cole giving us his full race report from the this past weekend's Challenge of the Americas events in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, rounds three and four of the 2022 Challenge. Uh, David, let's wrap things up. What do you got for me here to, to cap it all off? Well, well, let's look at the four win club. We got Ian Kunchas, Derek Wang, Tristan Young, and Kaysen Hodge as the only drivers right now to win four uh, main events in the four rounds that we've had there. Uh, so you can essentially say that maybe those championships are, are pretty much decided again, the way the championships unfold, there's still a lot of racing to be done in Sonoma, but, uh, certainly puts them in the top running for the titles when we get to Sonoma. Uh, the, the, the weekend kind of ended with, with a little bit of a sour note. Um, we had a, uh, an incident in the final main event. Uh, of the day and of the weekend in the senior 100 cc category it was um looking for his name colin speck oh man how do i say his last name i'm sorry Spil spilger colin spilger uh was involved in an incident in turn 11 uh just uh, again driver going for a last lap pass and in, in one of the the most um racing corners that we saw all weekend long, just a little bit of contact that sent him up and over pretty hard. 
was it was transported. So this was unfortunately the first time in two years that we've had a driver transported in at the Challenge in Americas. Uh, thankfully, went home later that night, uh, a couple of cracked ribs and, and some bumps and bruises. But uh, Colin should be able to uh, to to be good in, in a couple of weeks. So uh, the best to him. And uh, unfortunately, it was a, it was a kind of a bad way to end the uh, what was pretty much a good weekend with um, no other really major incidents uh, at the feast at the PKRA facility. Yeah, it's been it's been a kind of a point of pride, right, for the challenge of the Americas and the Andy Saysman. There really has been pretty clean racing over the last couple of years. And again, this wasn't like it was crazy. It was a driver making a move in the last lap of a race. And and you talked about the fact that Daytona, that bank right hander, it's a tough corner, man. You dive it in there and get over top of somebody. We've seen a lot of lot of accidents happen there going off track. Oh, so turn eleven, actually, it was oh, the, that was, the left hander. No, left hander. So the, second to last corner. Sorry. Really. Wow, yeah. that's that that does surprise me. Then that, that's a, that's even that's even more odd that it was something would happen there. Uh, although it is it is an opening to, to pass for sure. So David, let, that caps things off. What's wh- what are we thinking? What's 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 Sonoma going to bring us in terms of uh, action, uh, battling? Any any word of anybody potentially coming out of the woodwork who hasn't raced with us before or hasn't raced with the challenge this year? Yeah, no, I I don't I don't know of of, of that. It's just you know. My, my question is, what will Sonoma bring? Are we going to get more locals to come and compete? I, I, I really hope so. Um, and the other question is, is who's actually going to be there? I'm, I'm hearing that Hunter Pickett, who is leading the championship in Rocks Shifter, is not going to be in Sonoma yet. It's his home racetrack. Wow. But again, because of the way the schedule is all working out, uh, you know, some drivers are, are picking and choosing where they're racing. So that's kind of, that's going to be an impact in that category. Um, you know, we had, you know, an Ashton wound, is he going to be in Sonoma despite the disqualification at Phoenix? So a lot of kind of unknowns as we, as we head into Soma, we know it's going to be a great, you know, racetrack to watch some great racing. That junior hundred CC category is going to be awesome. Masters hundred CC is going to be awesome as well too. Uh, again, it's just uh, a matter of what, what, what are we going to get when we get to Sonoma? Hopefully no rain too. Yeah, let's just let, let's just say sun, no rain. Let's just, let's say just yeah, exactly. Right, so, David, run us through the constructors' championship based on your notes here. Nine brands uh, splitting the twenty wins. Yeah, I think that's a pretty awesome uh, number to see. Uh, Comcart led the way with six victories, obviously two with Ian Kunches and two with uh, um, Oliver Hodgson, and then also two with uh, Carson Bowers in the senior rock division. EOS picking up three. Derek Wang took two of those, along with GFC picking up two of those in the Rock Shifter category. Tony Cart added two, along with Expree and VME Cart. CRG, Perlin, and Race Factory all taking home one victory. All right, folks, let's wrap things up here now. The EKN Trackside Live Race Calendar. We'll have a look at where we're going to be here in the months of March in this year. Uh, this uh, episode's calendar presented by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the United States, OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, and EOS chassis, and now the new Gallard and Lando Norris brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, EOS, Gallard, or LN Cart, visit otkusa.com. 
All right, Dave, let's wrap things up here. A couple of events on the docket uh, here for the month of March. Thankfully, I'm home for three weekends, which is awesome. But I'll tell you, this coming weekend, no doubt about it, I'll be tuned in to find out what happens as you'll be heading to the Orlando Kart Center back to Florida for uh, one more shot for 2022 for you. The United States Pro Kart Series kicking off what should be an absolutely record-setting year. Yeah, my first trip to the Orlando Kart Center. I don't believe you've ever been there. I've never either been there well. either. No, so, so I get I get something on you. That's awesome. I like you do. that. You do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they pack in the over 300 entries that are going to be competing uh, at the Orlando Cart Center. Thankfully, it's it's a quick drive over from the airport, so uh, the travel side of things will in easy hopefully depending on the security through orlando monday morning that'll be, uh, that'll be <laughs> have fun, fun with that see <laughs> exactly it'll prepare me for my trip next month so that'll be that'll be fun um yeah so uh looking forward to uh to getting back uspks for its 10th season crazy to think how fast that's gone yeah agreed right it's it's and again 10 seasons let me just throw this out there because we've been talking a lot about this right when I got into the sport at, at, with, with Shifter Card Illustrated, I know this is a bit of an aside, uh, a little bit of a tangent, but you know, I, the, my first 10 years of the, when I was, when I had the magazine, there was like three or four different series, right? Scusa had the pro tour for four or five years. Then Stars of Carding came in for three or four or five years. And then CKI picked up with the, with the Stars of Carding battle. And, and there was all these different series. And then of course, Scusa started, well, not Tom Kutcher started the, the pro card challenge. Scusa, it just was crazy. You look at the stability that we have had over the sport. I'm just again, this is just a tangent, but uh, Challenge of the Americas, what we just talked about, 15 years. We're now what on the Pro Tour? Excuse the Pro Tour, 12 years on the Pro Tour and 10 years on the USPKS. When people talk about the fact that maybe karting isn't really strong right now, I always I have to disagree with them because over the last decade and a half that I've been doing this, we've never been in a place with so much stability in terms of series and what happens and the sport being strong, but. Man, ten years for the USPKS. Kudos to uh, to Mark Coates and his whole his whole crew. Well, not o- not only stability, but I think opportunity. There's so much so much racing and so many places to go karting. Yeah, I think you know it's. I I I have no idea how people can think that the sport is not good. We're in a good spot. Yeah, there's there's some controversy. There's this and you know some disagreements and and you know some people choose to go one way while others choose to go another. You're always going to have that no matter what business you're in, because, again, karting is still a business, but it's also a hobby and something that that people do for fun. Uh, and so that's the great thing about our sport is you have the opportunity to do what you want when you want. But there is no limit to how much racing you can do uh, aside from your pocketbook. That's you know, it. really, that's, it. that's, that's what it. it that's what it boils down to. I mean, that's the great. That's awesome. It, yep. it, yeah, it is a little bit draining. It can be can be you know a lot of work but it's it's fun work i mean would you rather do anything else probably not nope nope <laughs> nope all right so again as we said david march the 4th 5th and 6th the usb cast opener uh, david will have his full ekn trackside live program there uh and then at the end of the month giddy up david and i'll be back together again we'll be able to jump back into the program we just talked about here today the final rounds of the Challenge of the Americas at Sonoma Raceway in Sonoma, California, March 25th, 26th, 27th. I'll be back on the microphone. I know you had a chance to uh, see uh, Tim Chapman. Chappie was uh, uh, trackside. I listened to a bunch of the racing when I could uh, from St. Petersburg. But, yeah, you and I are back, David. March 25th, 26th, flying into San Francisco. 
uh, Sonoma Raceway for the finale of this year's challenge. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a karting season until we get to Sonoma because by then, you know, we got we got a couple of races under our belts. We're we're we're, we're crowning some of the first champions on the year. Yeah, and, and again, Sonoma, great place to go and watch racing and see racing and call racing and cover racing and, and also eat in Sonoma as well too. Mm, Angelos, <laughs> ah, mm, Angelos. I gotta buy some salsa and bring it home this time. I'm gonna do the same thing. I was thinking that actually. Yeah, I gotta bring some salsa <laughs> home with me. All right, folks, there you go. That's it. We're done. Episode 92 of the EKN debrief again Tuesday, March the first. David Cole, who was trackside at uh, the Phoenix Kart Racing Association facility in Phoenix, uh, rocking things out there for the Challenge of the Americas. Great coverage all weekend long and we'll do the same thing when we get to sonoma at the end of march we do want to thank you for joining in on this edition of the debrief uh, and again on behalf of uh, everyone from the challenge of the americas andy sazeman and his crew and of course david cole my name's rob howden bye for now <laughs>